This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The, the, The winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on The Bet in Las Vegas. Also, hearty hello to our listeners on the podcast. Of course, Odyssey Original Podcast is Silver and Black today covering the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, we're going to jump in. Our special guest today, Odyssey NFL Insider, Former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker joins us. Ross, the pride of Reading, Pennsylvania. How you doing, man? We appreciate you being with us here on Silver and Black today. Yeah, I am doing great. In particular, the pride of Wyoming, Pennsylvania. There you go. Which is right next to Reading. Do you know about that? Do you know about uh, Reading? I do a little bit, yeah. So I am actually, here I am covering the Raiders. I moved to Ohio from Las Vegas. Uh, but I'm originally a Midwest kid, so I've been all around. My dad was in sales. So I've been everywhere. And so when places pop up, whether it's Pottstown or it's, I kind of been through that area a lot. And so it's, it's good to know and always good to meet people from there. I love it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's funny. I, I grew up a huge Eagles fan outside of Philly and Reading. And I think I played for every team other than the Eagles, maybe. <laughs> and the Raiders. Although I would have always loved to play for the Raiders, man. There was, um, there was something so cool about the Raiders, their uniforms, by far to me, the best uniforms in the NFL. And I, I always thought it would be cool to, to be able to play for them. Um, and I, I'll tell you guys a quick story. I only played at the Raiders once. And it was 2004, I was playing for the Buffalo Bills. And as far as I knew, it might be the only time I ever was at the black hole, right? Ah. So we come out for pregame warmups, and I run right, we're in the end zone where the black hole is. I run right up to the black hole, get like four feet away from them, and I'm like, is this it? Is this all <laughs> you guys got? And they were like, ah, trying to like grab for me to do with the spikes and the face, but they're all like, ah, I'm like, this is it. Because I just thought, listen, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play. I don't know if I'll ever play at the Raiders again. I, I wanted the full experience. I got it. Yeah, that's funny. And and, and a typical experience, of course, uh, he's from the Jersey side, but the, the uh, great Raider, Phil Villapiano, I don't know if you ever spent time with him, 
Uh, but you would get along well with him too as well, especially your affinity for beer, as I know you have. Uh, you should definitely, if you're ever around, Phil. I know you're going to be calling games on CBS this year as well, so congratulations yeah, on that. But if Thank you ever, you. yeah, I really appreciate it. So so excited, man. I mean, I love yes. calling games. It's like my favorite thing to do, and to be able to do some NFL games this year on, on TV will be great. It will be great. All right, let's jump into what we're dealing with this season. And I know you've done this a lot. Of course, uh, your podcast, you do various podcasts. You're, you're a busy dude, and we appreciate all great content. So make sure you follow Russ on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It's Russ Tucker NFL as well. So, when, Ross, when you look at this and you see what's happened with the running backs, uh, you're, you're, you've done a couple of shows addressing this. You've even talked to NFLPA President J.C. Treader about it. Give us your opinion. I think fans, we go back and forth because you you have an interesting perspective. You were a player. You're on the broadcast side now in the media. Uh, you grew up a fan as well. It, it, for fans, it's really hard to understand when you talk about setting a market and looking at a guy in Las Vegas with Josh Jacobs who's, who, who won the rushing title and can't get money. So when you look at that market, talk about what you've learned about this and, and your, your perspective on what's going on in light of the Saguan Barkley situation, obviously was resolved itself just the other day. Yeah, so uh, I would encourage people uh, certainly to check out some recent episodes of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Last week, Greg Cosell and I did a deep dive of the NFL Films legend into the value that running backs represent because, you know, there are some people and certainly some numbers people that will tell you, well, running backs don't matter. I, I don't agree with that. Mm. Um, I, I look at it and I think, how could, that, how could you possibly say that mm. when you watch a Browns game and see Nick Chubb or a Titans game and see Derrick Henry? There's no question in my mind that those guys make a difference in the outcome of games. They just do. I mean, they're, they're difference-making players. And I think you could say the same thing about Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. Now, in fairness to the Giants or the Raiders, these guys, you know, were looking for between 13 and $16 million a year, right? With um, significant guarantees of over $22 million. Well, if you're the Giants or the Raiders and you realize, well, we can get them for this year for $10 million and next year for twelve. million, so over two years, and we can do it one year at a time, and over two years, it's an 11 million average, and it's 22 million total. Why would we pay them 13 to 16 million per year? And why would we give them more guaranteed when the injury rate at that position is so high, so significant, and a lot of times guys drop off a cliff, right? We've seen that with... Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott. And so uh, I think teams are very scared of that. I don't blame them. Now, I will say, like in the Giants example, supposedly Saquon would have been happy with like $12 million a year um, and also like $24 million guaranteed. So another million per year than what the Giants were offering and two more million guaranteed. Mm. I probably would have done that if I were the Giants, right? To, to have him locked up for years and to make sure he was happy. However, kudos to the Giants because they still got him in the camp on time. Yeah. I don't know that I would have signed that if I were Saquon Barkley. And quite frankly, if I'm Josh Jacobs, 
my mindset right now would be I'm not signing until the day before the first game, right? So I'm getting $561,000 a week. I'll sign the day before the first game to get my $10.1 million. But at that point, it's really up to the Raiders. Do you play him in that first game then? I mean, when he missed the whole week of game planning, probably not, right? Yeah. And then how much do you play him the next week? Because you're probably a little bit worried that he might get hurt, right? He hasn't been there for camp. He missed the whole camp. So if I'm Jacobs, I'm telling the Raiders, I'm not showing up until the day before the first game unless you either bump up my pay for this year mm-hmm. and or agree not to put the franchise tag on me again after this season. Saquon got $2 million in a signing bonus a couple months ahead of time, and yep. he got these incentives. I personally would have, would have held out for longer if I were Saquon and skip, I mean, 45 days of work. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us would skip 45 days of work if we could and still get the same amount of money. I mean, I don't know why he did it, but uh, I guess he wanted to be there for training camp with his teammates. Who knows? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, Russ, we've got a lot of crap on this show for saying that the Raiders were – Raiders did what they did, and it was a business decision because of what the market is for the running backs right now. So fans have been telling us, Oh, we're unfair to running backs. We're anti-running back. We're anti-Josh Jacobs. From a Raiders perspective, do you agree with how they approach the situation? Because as you remember, they didn't pick up his tag. And a lot of people say that was a mistake because the tag was worth a little more than $8 million. Uh, so he went into a contract year and he blew up, won the rushing title. Now they're saying, looking back, if you look at the way the Raiders handled his contract situation, that they mishandled it. What would you say from a Raiders perspective how they handled this Josh Jacobs uh, contract impasse? Well, so I don't remember what he did his third year for them to make the decision and not pick up his fifth year option. Mm. So I don't, that you'd have to tell me, I don't remember that. So I don't want to say revisionist history. I mean, obviously hindsight 2020 Mm -hmm. knowing what he would do last year, they, they would wish that they had Josh on the fifth year option this year. Right. So we can all agree on that. They would have saved a couple million bucks. So that much we can agree on. Um, I don't really understand what the Raiders are doing with most of their contract situations, (laughs) to be honest with you. I mean, they gave Derek Carr a raise, like an extra five million bucks last year, and then bench him during the year, and then they're not even able to trade him. They have to cut him. Just a disaster. I mean, that's a disaster. You gave a guy extra money for no reason. And then since you cut him, you don't even get a compensatory pick. Right. When he signs somewhere else. And then the Darren Waller deal, pretty much same thing. I mean, right now, Jacobs, you know, the, the best way to get a new contract and then get to go to another team that might be a better team is to sign a new deal with the Raiders, get more money for that year, 
play badly, then they'll they'll get rid of you to some better team. I mean, what are we doing here? It, it's it's wild. It's not good. Um, and with Jacobs, I kind of thought they would try to get it done for a little bit of goodwill, but I, it's the Patriot way, man. They're going to pay people as little ah. as they possibly can, and they'll deal with the consequences of him being unhappy. Yeah, it's an interesting point, and that, that moves me to my next question because when Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, i.e. the Patriot way, the guys from New England, come over – they inherit a team in 2021 that made the playoffs thanks to a late season run, to your point. They lose to the Bengals in Cincinnati in that in that year. Josh McDaniels comes in, talks the team up a lot. They go 6-11. and Carr's gone. Waller's gone, as you mentioned. The fans already have pitchforks and torches out for Josh McDaniels. Not for Dave Ziegler yet, but for Josh McDaniels. You were around him back in 2005 when you played for the Patriots in New England. What do you make of the state of that situation? We know the baggage Josh McDaniels brought with him with his previous experience, even though it was many years ago in Denver. But what do you make of that situation? Because a lot of folks in Raider Nation already unhappy and want him gone. How do you read that situation based on your own personal experience being around McDaniels in New England? So I think Josh, uh, good dude. Very, very bright. Um, awesome offensive mind. I do think, though, you got to look at the track record and wonder what's going on here. I mean, Denver ended up being a disaster. Takes the Colts job and then reneges on it, which is not a good look. And this is not McDaniel's fault. But I thought it was a horrific decision by Mark Davis to get rid of Basaccia and Mayock. Mm. Just absolutely horrific. I don't know why you would do that. For them to overcome the Gruden email thing, the Henry Ruggs thing, can't even remember the name of the corner from Ohio State that they took in the first round that had the off-the-field issues. Can't For them know. to do all that, still make the playoffs – be in the red zone against the Super Bowl-bound Bengals at the end of the game, and you don't bring him back on a three-year deal, modest money, and see what he does the next year? Mark Davis thought he was too good for Rich Bisaccia, mm. and he went for the more established prototype McDaniels, and I think it's really, really hurt him. Um, I mean, I don't have high expectations for the Raiders at all this year, and I don't know that anybody else could. So that kind of leads me into my next question, and you kind of answered it there, with, is that you, you talked about the botched car situation. The, now the impasse with Josh Jacobs. You also said, and I read that, uh, I heard that headline where you said the Raiders made a mistake. You said Mark Davis blew it by letting Rich Passaccia go and bringing in Josh McDaniels. Is there any hope? Is there any glimmer of hope <laughs> for Raiders fans that you're seeing looking ahead, being around Josh McDaniels and knowing the Patriot way, so to speak? Is there anything that fans can hold on to and say, well, there's hope in this that the Raiders can turn this around despite all the past mistakes made? So I think the hope would be Garoppolo's familiarity with McDaniels and vice versa and Garoppolo's ability to run that offense effectively mm. and they have a good receiving trio you know they have josh jacobs i think that is the hope for the raiders um 
you know, Jimmy G's been in a different system, though, for several years. Yeah. He missed the whole offseason with this foot surgery. How quickly is the Patriot system going to come back to him? Is, is that the best system for him now, or is he better suited for what Kyle Shanahan was doing? You know, I don't know. It feels to me like the upside for the Raiders is like a 500 season. But I just recorded this week the Even Money betting podcast, and my co-host Steve Fezzik, who's a Vegas resident, believes the Raiders are one of the six worst teams in the NFL. And I guess probably based on their record last year, they probably were. And I don't know that I see big upgrades this year to think that they're a lot better than they were a year ago. Yeah, it's it's tough out there. Uh, the other thing I want to get your thoughts on before we uh, let you go, Ross, is uh, you talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. You talk about this situation in the AFC, which Justin Herbert signs the big deal this week in Los Angeles with the Chargers. He's going to be there for seven seasons now. Will not be a free agent, so they locked him up. You have Mahomes in Kansas City. You have Russell Wilson, which I think a lot of folks feel like with Sean Payton there is going to be a little more Russ Wilson-like. And suddenly the Raiders are the team in the division with a still, even with Garoppolo there and a steady hand, if he's healthy, how quickly do the Raiders long-term have to catch up in that arms race to stay relevant in the division with the quarterbacks you got there? It feels like the Raiders and Broncos are competing for third. Mm. And it also feels like if you see the comments from Ziegler and McDaniels, they're trying to buy themselves time. And I think their discussion with Mark Davis is just wait until we get our franchise quarterback. Just wait until we get that guy. We find that guy. Well, I think we all agree it's not Jimmy G. I tend to doubt it's Aiden O'Connell. So I don't know. How much time are they going to give these guys? It almost feels like best-case scenario for the Raiders is that they bottom out this year and they can get Caleb Williams or Drake May. It almost yeah. feels like that would be the, the best thing that could happen to them. Yeah, and a lot of fans feel that way too, Ross, by the way. We're hearing <laughs> from them every week here on the show. You know, tank tank for Williams, tank for that, tank for May. So they're, they're, I think, realistic, at least most fans are. Ross, we appreciate you spending so much time with us. Uh, we'll catch up with you down the line and and uh, as the NFL season unrolls. And again, congratulations on the CBS gig. Congratulations on everything you're up to, including being the Odyssey NFL insider. Follow Ross at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll Thanks take again. care. All right. There you go. Ross Tucker from Odyssey, our NFL insider. Catch him on there as well. When we get back, we'll roll on a Raider Nation mailbag coming up here next on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.